This is Dave Yaron, the author of Fair Warning, The Information Within. You're listening to Bob Nolly and Laboratory Leadership. Here we go. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. How is everyone? Everyone. With the ends of their mouth turned up, smiling and happy. I am. Alex, are you? Oh, yeah. I'm always I'm always smiling. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Welcome to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Boy, we've got a lot of stuff going on. This is just excellent. So everybody's in a great mood today. We've got the corners of their ends up. You know, what, you know why we're like that? Because it's Wednesday, and we love Wednesdays because we podcast on Wednesdays. No matter what day it is you're listening to it, it's Wednesday. It feels like Wednesday now. If it's Friday, then you should be feeling much better than we're feeling on this Wednesday. It's all good. It's all good. The one reason we're all smiling is happy is because generally it's our human nature. We're optimistic people. Isn't that a line from a Blues Traveler song or something? Didn't they have a song called Optimistic Thought or something like that? Mm-hmm. We have licensing issues. I'd play the music right now. I'd get in trouble, though, and then they never hear from us again. Okay, Optimistic Thought is the name of the song by Blues Traveler. Uh, we're optimistic, so we're always in a good mood. What's wrong with being optimistic? I think that's positive. Because if you're not optimistic, then you're pessimistic. Or, or yeah, people would say, no, that. I'm not optimistic. I'm just a realist. <laughs> no, that's a hedge. You're a pessimist. So, uh, is there something bad with being optimistic? No. Well, not according to John uh, Haltwanger, who writes for uh, the Elite Daily. He says uh, optimistic people uh, have one thing in common that's bad. It's not bad. That's the point he's making. Generally, think about this. I just, if this were true, false, I'm, I'm not sure where I come down to this. Optimistic people all have one thing in common. They're always late. It's true. I am. You think it's true for everybody? No, you know, there are lots of different kinds of late people in this world. Um, and, you know, the, so the kind there's that. There's a continuum of lateness. Yes, I mean, and you know, it's really the matrix of lateness. The matrix. Because there are so many different factors, and there's so many different ways you could go, and there's a blue pill, and there's a red pill, and then there's the G train, and then there's the fact that you have to get to Manhattan in the morning. And it really is, I mean, you know, there are so many different factors that go into being late. Now, we're talking the difference between like three minutes late and like 30 minutes late here. Because 30 minutes late, I mean, what would you do if I was 30 minutes late? Well, I've actually slept through one of our uh, uh, meetings before, so I won't, I won't say that. But, you know, Wednesdays are hard days sometimes. Um, but, you know, 30 minutes late, it is offensive. Three minutes late, you might have been doing something or you were running late and it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, here we have John talking about being 10 minutes late to work. So in your mind... You know, and we'll talk generation gaps here. What's ten minutes late to work mean to you? If your subordinate's ten minutes late to work, what do you what do you think? Me? Yes. Oh, I, I I don't care. Okay, here's my thing. I don't care either because I'll put in the ten minutes at lunch. I'll put in the 
usually I put in an hour and a half of work at lunch, honestly. But, you know, there's not everyone can always be in the, the, the same place at the same time. You know, if, if I kind of like relish in the fact that I get 30 or an hour alone at the end of the day and no one else is in my office, that's the hour that I'm going to be most productive because everything's quiet. Yeah, when I'm building a team, you know, that that's the kind of person I want there that I know is going to give me the hour and a half at lunch, you know, so I don't care that they're 10 minutes late. Yeah, as, if you get your work done, you know, it really shouldn't be that big of a deal. But, you know, here we have this Elite Daily article thinking that optimism is is that 10 minutes. That 10 minutes is, oh, I have plenty of time. I'll get up and do... The, let's see, he, he says that he works out, eats breakfast, catches up on the news, and then kind of daydreams and, and moseys around. Um, and, and that's, he's saying he's got three hours before work that he's awake. And okay. I love this point he makes here. He quotes another consultant. And listen, this is such consultant speak here. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize to the, to the author of this study because she worked hard to generate this. Here we go. It's a quote. Most late people have been late all their life. And they're late for every type of activity, good or bad. Oh, my. Surprisingly little scientific research has been done on tardiness. I don't feel tardy. But some experts subscribe to the theory that certain people are hardwired to be late and that part of the problem may be embedded deep in the lobes of the brain. Oh, my gosh. That's that's useless to us. I don't care if it's in my lobes or not. But he makes the point that if you're late all the time, you know, he feels for you and sympathizes with, you know, all the criticism, all the flack you're going to catch all the time. But, you know, people that are late aren't necessarily lazy or unproductive or inconsiderate or, you know, they're, you're not, you're not making a statement. You're not throwing it in the face of anyone by just being late. It's just the way you're wired. And my problem is, is that there's pe- there's there's people that if you're not ten minutes early, you're late. And I'm like, wait, what? If you wanted me to be here at eight fifty, tell me eight fifty. Don't tell me nine. You know, in my mind, that's the way my you know that's the way I, I'm seeing things. You know, I'm like, well, this is my start time. You're gonna get more out of me on my end time. You're gonna get more out of me on lunch. Like. What more could you ask for? You yeah. Know? So, uh, you, know, you know, let's link this whole optimism lateness thing to it. And here's the point he's making, that people who are continuously late are actually more optimistic because they believe they can fit more tasks into the limited amount of time they have more than other people, and they can thrive when they're multitasking. Oh, my. But they're hopeful. So, you know, he's saying pe- those people are fundamentally hopeful, which is optimism. Right. And uh, this makes them unrealistic and bad at estimating time, but it could pay off in the long run. Before we get into that though, a couple of things. You know, let me let me let me let me make my own confession here. Yes, absolutely. If you work for me and you're 10 minutes late, yeah, I don't care. Because I know you're going to do an hour and a half at lunch and an hour and a half late for me when I need it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can't be late, I will have told you tomorrow. Do not be late. Whatever you take, I need you here at this hour sharp because this is what's happening. And I have a reason. It's not arbitrary and capricious. So I have a reason for that. So that's the way I am. And it served me well my entire life. But personally, 
personally me, I can't stand being late. Can't yeah, stand it. Yeah, it gives me anxiety, but I still do it. Yeah. I, I just, you know, my family talks about Bob time. And, you know, we're going to a football game at Virginia, and it's a noon kickoff. And then we're, we're 58 miles from the game, the stadium. And, yeah, there's going to be traffic and whatnot. So we're 58 miles away. It's a noon kickoff. What time are we leaving, Bob? We're leaving at 9. <laughs> They're going, what? <laughs> Why are we leaving at 9? So there's this term within the family. They call it Bob time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you like Robert will come back and go, what time is it? Were we leaving Jack? And he goes, your dad says we're leaving at nine. And he goes, is that real? Or is that Bob time? So there's this whole thing now about Bob time. So that's the conflict to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm very forgiving in terms of lateness, but me, I just can't be late. And I don't know where that is. Maybe I need to get into therapy for the No, Heck with that. Okay. So people that are chronically late are hopeful and they're optimistic. Yeah. Uh, I have so many problems with this article, and I'll and I'll explain them. Okay. Okay. So, like I said in the beginning, there are so many different kinds of late people. Yes, I am an optimistic person. Yes, I am a hopeful person. Yes, I am a chronically at three to seven minutes late. Okay, sometimes I'm three to seven minutes early, but most of the time. That three to seven minutes, and, and you know, I'm not a morning person. So, yes, getting to work for me is not about being optimistic. It's not about the fact that I was multitasking. And I don't think that you can chuck it up to that because there are people that just procrastinate and there are people that just do not care. There's people that will show up to work an hour late because they know they can get away with it. And, you know, you can't chuck it all up to optimism. You can't put a blanket statement on that. But I will say if I have um, a seven o'clock, you know, tentative dinner with friends or something like that, heck yeah, I'm going to show up at 7.15. If you tell me that a party starts at 10 o'clock, I'm going to show up at 11.30. And it's not, and that may be where the optimism does come into play because I do want to do a bunch of things before I do the thing that I'm supposed to do, you know, because yeah, I, yeah, that makes I sense. like the multitask. But I don't think that, you know, I do understand that low, level, low, low levels of productivity kind of comes from, you know, these insane hours that, that a lot of us put, put ourselves through. You know, 12-hour days or 10-hour shifts or, you know, working two jobs. Uh, there's a lot that kind of comes into, into play here. You know, he goes on to talk about the different, the cultural differences in uh, punctuality. And yeah, there's there's evidence behind you know these different cultural differences um, between Latin America, Germany, France, Spain. Um, you know, there are certain parts of the world where uh, people are more lackadaisical. There, they are the the dreamers and the uh, poets of the world, and I I understand that. But I don't I don't feel that you know you can really. When I'm in a management position and someone's 10 minutes late, I don't get angry at them. I'm not going to punish them for being 10 minutes late. But in my mind, there's no way in heck I am believing that they were 10 minutes late because they were multitasking. 
or they were being optimistic or they were doing all of these productive things with that 10 minutes. In the banking part of my career, <laughs> the most conservative, the most conservative organization that I work with, when the chairman had his top management team in, he would come into the room to start the meeting. And before he sat down and called it to order or got us going, he turned around and took all of the empty chairs and put them out in the hallway and then locked the door. Stop it. So there was no way a latecomer was going to be able to get in without making a scene. Number one, to have the door unlocked and then to move. And I'm not talking about little, you know, ergonomic chairs that are on casters rolling around. I'm talking about unwield, you know, full-size furniture chairs that he has to lug in with his portfolio notes or briefcase or whatever. So, you know, no one was ever late. So I, I do like that. You know, culturally, it's different around the world. You know, there was that story about Putin. He was late to a meeting with uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, and uh, she left because, you know, as he writes, that's how the Germans are old, just like that. That's why the Spanish eat dinner at 10 o'clock at night. And that's great fun, too. Yeah, because, I mean, and, and that is true. You know, so that, don't chalk that up to optimism. That's because they love food. They love, um, you know, communicating with others. They love sitting around, relaxing and unwinding at the end of their day with their friends and family. That is the cultural difference. It's not, and, and you know, the, the 10 p.m., you know, the French are, are habitually late, right? Yeah, sure. Isn't that a thing that the French are habitually yeah. late? And and the Italians, it's it's not uh, in Italy. I found it's not they are habitually late. It's just the time is not important. So no, I, I was trying to grade some papers or something in a hotel, and the and the wireless wasn't working. You know, and of course, hotel wireless you know, connectivity here is is questionable. But you know, it just wasn't working. So I went down to the desk at the concerts. I went. It's not working, and he goes, "It's not working today." <laughs> I went, "Yeah, I need to get grades posted." It's not working today. <laughs> it was just it. It's not. It'll work tomorrow. I went, "Oh my gosh!" And all of a sudden, so uh, this optimism has health benefits too, you know, because optimists have that glass half full mentality. So there is there there is research that shows individual factors like age. Income level, education, gender had smaller than expect expected impact on optimism. All of those things. But people tended to live longer. You know, because that that like three to seven minutes, because I have a boss that is you know, says things like, I'll have a heart attack if you're ever on time. But I come in at nine and I'm supposed to be there at nine, but she expects me to be there at eight fifty. But that was never verbalized. And at this point, I'm just sort of like, listen, you know, I'm staying late, I'm working through my lunch and not getting paid for it. So this is what I'm gonna do. Um and you know, I'm gonna get there at nine and and that was when I'm scheduled to get there and and you know, we're all good. The real problem was that they sent me to training to learn how to do the timekeeping. And I went, and then I found out that we have a seven-minute grace period. And so if I'm within seven minutes, if I get there before, if I clock in before 9.07, I don't get this um, anxiety in the morning. 
But man, if I'm if it's 908, I have this like rush of anxiety. And it's because I have this, you know, this, this pressure and and kind of the the eye roll when I walk in the door. Um and I think that that right there is the stem of the problem. Like I don't think that um making someone feel guilty for, you know, being under 10 minutes late is is uh is bad, but you know, that guilt will eat into me for the first 30 minutes to an hour of work. <laughs> you know why it's seven minutes? Why? Because if I don't know your time system, but I've seen many, and on the it's on the 10th of the hour, and so when you get to seven minutes after, you're no longer on the hour. If you get to work at 9 o'clock, you know, at 9 o, they still call, you know, 9.04 is 9.0, 9.05 is 9.0 o'clock, yeah. 6, but 9 to 7, oh, that's an extra tenth of an hour. So it's yeah. 9.1 hours. So, oh my goodness. But so, you know, and but that'll eat into my productivity, you know, if I'm, if I have this crazy anxiety where I'm running basically to punch in, you know, I'm not, that first 30 minutes to an hour, I'm not as productive as I could have been because I have that pressure you know, think about it. If I get in the door at 9.08, I have 52 minutes of productivity. If I get in the door at, at you know, 9.08 and I'm anxious, I have maybe 30, 20 to 30 minutes of productivity. You know, so I really think that it, it, it kind of comes down to not only this optimism and, and you know, being punctual and, and all that thing, but all those things, but a, a kind of a common understanding of getting places and, and, you know, having that leeway a little bit. I think that, um, you know, maybe all of our optimistic, uh, employees would maybe perform a little bit better. Yeah. So let's compare notes on this to, 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 as we sum up, let's sum up. Uh, so here domestically in the U S we interpret lateness as an insult or somebody having poor work habits. My argument is shake it off. You know, don't take it personally if someone's late. If somebody is 10 minutes late for a meeting, shake it off. He makes the argument here that people who are habitually late don't sweat the small stuff, that they are concentrating on the big picture, and the future is full of infinite possibilities. I'm all for that. How about you? Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree at all. All right, okay, then I feel better about that. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I, I went off on a tangent because I, I get anxious about being late to work. <laughs> because what we infer, what we infer when somebody's late, we make the assumption, and you know what they say about assume, we make the assumption <laughs> that they think their time is more important or valuable than ours is. Because that's right there, that whole point that we have, time is money, time is money. Yeah, you know, a tenth of a tenth of an hour, though. Yeah, so yeah, in the fact that then it gets down to the minute. If you're not there at nine oh seven, you're late. Yeah, well, you know, and that's that's a that's a corporate thing. You know, that's kind of someone that never sees me but sees the number saying it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll link this up on the show notes. So. You know, is that, have we all learned a lesson here today? Just take a breath and focus on the big picture. Have we helped you live longer? 
Well, if you take this on, I think so. I think so. Wouldn't that be great? Just talk it out with your supervisor first. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and no surprises. Yeah. And, and, when, and when somebody says, I need you here at 9 o'clock, razor sharp. That's always the word, term I used, razor sharp. Tomorrow, don't be late. If coming 10 minutes late then, then my hair is on fire probably. Yeah, the Not one really. time. Metaphorically. I'm just going, what happened? What happened? Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast, and we're not running late. We're on time, no matter what time it is, and we hope you are too. Take your time. See the big picture. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Okay, folks, remember, don't take somebody being late as an insult to you. Don't take it personally. People that are late habitually don't sweat the small stuff. And they bring a lot to the table because they can see the big picture. I'm not endorsing lateness. I'm just saying, put it in perspective. And it's just another way we can take care of one another. Please do that. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.